smart, red with black velvet ribbons and crimson ostrich feathers. The addition of a trifle, it must be admitted, made it less smart. Sophronia, with great restraint, held back a triumphant giggle. That'll teach her to meddle. Mrs. Barnacle Goose was a large woman of progressive inclinations which is to say she supported vampire and werewolf social reform, played a good deal of whist, kept a ghost in her country cottage, and even wore the occasional French gown. She accepted that dirigibles would be the next great means of transportation, and that soon people might fly through the ether. She was not, however, so progressive as to accept flying food. She squealed in horror. One of Sophronia's oldest sisters, Petunia, was playing at hostess. White with mortification, Petunia rushed to the aid of the older woman, assisting her in the removal of the trifle bowl. Mother was nowhere to be seen. This made Sophronia more nervous than the fact that she had just assaulted an aristocrat with a trifle. Mrs. Barnacle Goose stood with as much dignity as possible under the circumstances, and looked down at Sophronia, sprawled on the plush rug. Most of Sophronia's top skirt had ripped off. Sophronia was mortified to realise she was in public with her underskirt on display. Your mother is occupied in an important private audience. I was going to await her leisure, but for this I shall disturb her. It is 1851, and I believe we live in a civilised world. Yet you are as bad as a rampaging werewolf, young miss, and someone must take action. Mrs. Barnacle Goose made it sound as though Sophronia alone were responsible for the disreputable state of the entire British Empire. Without allowing Sophronia a rebuttal, the lady waddled from the room, a plop of custard trailing down her fluffy skirts. Sophronia flopped over onto her back with a sigh. She should check herself for injuries, or see to finding the rest of her dress, but flopping was more dramatic. She closed her eyes and contemplated the possible recriminations soon to emanate from her upset mother. Her musings were interrupted. Sophronia Angelina Temenik! Uh-oh. She cracked a cautious eyelid. Yes, Petunia? How could you? Poor Mrs. Barnacle Goose! Stepping in as understudy mother today, we have elder sister. Fantastic. As if I could plan such a thing. Sophronia was annoyed by the childish petulance in her own voice. She was unable to control it when around her sisters. I dare say you would if you could. What were you doing inside the dumb waiter? And why are you lying there in your petticoats with India rubber wrapped around your feet? Sophronia hedged. Ah, uh, um, well, you see. Petunia looked inside the open cavity of the dumb waiter, where the remains of Sophronia's skirt dangled merrily. Oh, for Goodness sake, Sophronia, you've been climbing again. What are you, a ten-year-old apple boy? Actually, I'm right in the middle of a recovery period, so if you wouldn't mind shoving off until I'm finished, I'd appreciate it. Petunia, who at sixteen considered herself all grown up, was having none of it. Look at this mess you've created. Poor Eliza.
Eliza, the now trifleless maid, was trying to put some order to the chaos that had resulted from finding an unexpected Sophronia departing the dumbwaiter. Sophronia crawled over to help with the strawberries and cake that now covered the room. Sorry, Eliza, I didn't mean it. You never do, miss. Petunia was not to be distracted. Sophronia! Well, sister, to be perfectly correct, I did nothing. Tell that to the poor woman's lovely bonnet. The trifle did it. Petunia's perfect rosebud pout twisted into a grimace that might have been an attempt to hide a smile. Really, Sophronia, you're fourteen years old and simply unfit for public consumption. I refuse to have you at my coming out ball. You'll do something dreadful, like spill the punch on the only nice-looking boy there.